if it, if it will make you happy. It'll make me happy. It'll make me nostalgic. I will say the thing, and it will put me in a better mood because I have cramps. I have cramps, but I'm going to do a podcast anyway because I'm a fucking professional. That's what we do, man. Right. Thug it out. Not neither rain nor cramps nor uh, (laughs) lack of treats. (laughs) Lack of treats. Stop the pod. The pod must go on. I had uh, had some treats earlier. Uh, some food and some weed. Happy for you. So oh, yeah. blessed. All right. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going to say a thing. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Hello and welcome to the Antifada, where unrest is best. I'm Jamie Peck. Oh, and it's a Jamie solo up today, but not really because I'm here with my friend Aaron Thorpe. What's up? What's up, Jamie? Thanks for having me on once again. Thanks for coming back. Uh, you're like a many time guest now at this point, I think. Hell yeah, I think three, this three-peat, I think, by now. I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I don't glad, know. I don't know. I'm glad that I said the thing, because I saw you smile, and you know what? I'm feeling a little more upbeat, too. It's funny how that there you works. Go. There you go. So, man, how how you, how you doing? How you living these man, days? Man, I'm, I'm all right. I mean, you know, fucking uh, depression, anxiety, but uh, I got back into reading lately, which is good, and writing a little bit, so I'm looking forward to that shit. Wow, how do you uh how do you how'd you do that? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, man. I like I had spent enough time feeling guilty and like dumb, you know? And uh eventually like I was like, yo, I have this idea in my mind, like this essay I want to write, and I'm just going to fucking just start it. And I got all the books, the references I needed, and just started writing and then it just kind of flowed, man. So, uh I'm hoping the productivity uh maintains itself. Hell yeah, what's it about? Uh it's about I guess how nostalgia, but specifically retroism, is an indication of cultural emaciation under late capitalism. You know, so reboots and remakes, but also for me through the lens of sneakers, like in fashion, like retro fashion, you know, from the 80s and 90s. Because uh, I'm uh, I'm diseased and I like sneakers, if anyone uh, <laughs> follows me on Twitter. So, uh, so I kind of wanted to like work that out. Like, why is it that like we yearn for, especially during a... Uh, social instability why do we yearn for like the past and what does that say about our perception of time and like a sense of a future so yeah that sounds right up my alley the hell yeah i think you'll enjoy it man and i got some recommendations for you too uh, that i've been using if you want to check out uh, at some point oh, very yeah. interesting to be continued well speaking of yeah. retro stuff and nostalgia for the past um, damn that was a good segue i gotta admit oh, that was a really good segue thank you it <laughs> almost never works that way so i feel like i set you up i set you up with the alley-oop yeah i i appreciate it we're a good team <laughs> um this is why we started a podcast together once upon a time <laughs> we did we did you'll come back someday we don't i i TBD. i want to i want to tbd indeed so um yeah so speaking of things from the past today we're going to talk about very cool film called Born in Flames. It was released in 1983, directed by Lizzie Borden, real name Linda Elizabeth Borden, but she changed it to have even more the same name as the woman <laughs> who, I guess, was tried and acquitted for the axe yeah. murder of her father yeah, and axe stepmother. Murder. <laughs> yeah. 1892. Based. Based. Based indeed. Um, and it's a very cool movie. I would say it's like maybe one of my favorite genres of fiction in terms of books which is to mm. say it's sort of a a leftist political sci-fi 
kind of movie. Um, yeah. And I watched this. I mean, the idea for the episode really came because uh, Aaron, you, Aaron, had been <laughs> telling me to watch this movie for a while. And finally I did. And I was like, this is a cool movie. Let's talk about it. Um, why, why did you want me to watch this film, Aaron? Well, I'll mention that the one of the reasons why I knew about the movie was because you had a guest on. Um, I forget who exactly, but you guys were talking about like radical like um, abolition, you know, um, kind of being distrustful of the defund kind of terminology and going a step further to that like communist horizon. And one of your guests mentioned the movie and uh, it was kind of just in passing. And I don't not neither you or Sean saw it. So you didn't really like ask about it. I was like, shit, man, like that sounds dope. And then I had a homegirl who uh, wanted uh, me to see it. So I saw it and I knew that you would like it given, you know, you're not just your work with DSA, but also like your particular political tendency and the similar critiques that we make uh, made of the Sanders movement or DSA itself. And, um, you know, as a communist, why we have to keep striving for that radical horizon and not just be satisfied with whatever... American social democracy specifically, which this film is about, has to offer. So I knew you would like that shit. Oh, couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> I think yeah. we're on the same page. Um, so, yeah, let's go over the movie a little bit, shall we? Oh, yeah, let's um, do it. I'm just going to say some stuff that happens in the movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can stop and say what Bounce we think back and about forth and it. Shit. And, yeah. you know, it like uh, we know how to do this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Um, Oh, fun fact about Lizzie Borden, by the way. Uh, she also made a movie about sex workers called Working Girls that looks really good. Uh, maybe I will watch that for a future episode. Yeah, um, I should check that out, too. Yeah, but then, uh, unfortunately, Harvey Weinstein ruined her career with her oh next movie. God. Yeah, so she had this movie called Love Crimes that was produced by Harvey Weinstein and uh, he like really fucked with the film so much that she didn't want to put her name on it anymore. And then she's pretty sure he like blacklisted her for being difficult or whatever. Uh, so <laughs> that's that sucks. And then look, look what ended up turning out too. It's kind of like prophetic, right? Yeah, yeah. I of mean, him as an individual, <laughs> as if we needed one more reason to hate Harvey Weinstein. Like yeah, there it, are a lot of films that she should have probably been making but didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. anyway. I, I just want to mention one more thing, too, man. Like, maybe you would have better luck than I did, but I tried to reach out to her. She followed me on Twitter, my old account, because I kept posting about Shit. the fucking movie. Dude, and she's like, you know, doesn't have a lot of followers or anything, but she followed me, and I hit her up, um, and I was like, dude, I want you to come on my old podcast, Adam Pod. This is when I still had it. And, um, you know, after she gets looked at my podcast and looked at my content online, she was like, no, she didn't want to do it. Not because we disagree with each other potentially, but because she felt that she could not, I guess, meet the kind of political challenge of like reaffirming what I believed in. You know, I think that she sees the movie as more of existing in a specific historical moment for her that isn't necessarily like a how to to any sort of revolution, you know. But I was just like, dude, I don't want to argue with you about the film. I think the shit's dope. I just want to talk about how you made it. So. Hit her up, man. Maybe you'd have, you'd have a better mm. luck if you're, if you're down. That'd be tight. Oh, God. I I could try. Well, I'd be down to come back for that, man. And we both can talk to her oh, if you're down for that. Oh, yeah. That'd be Hell cool. Yeah. All right. I'm going to cool. write that one down in my little idea. I have, her, I have her email, yo. I have her email, so I'll give it to you after after oh, the shit. recording. Lizzie Borden, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> we love you. Please so, talk to us. 
Yeah, about the historical moment. So this came out in 1983, about two years into Reagan's first term, uh, at a time when we were still living in as close to a social democratic welfare state as the U.S. has ever gotten, really. Mm. And Mm -hmm. things are not great. We got the 70s stagflation is wreaking havoc on the economy. Um, you know, we got the oil shocks, but we still have like the kind of what remains of the New Deal welfare state um, in the Great Society for, you know, at least a little while. So this is sort of sort of in the same time period as like the movie Blue Collar, which we mm. watched uh, like on a very, very early episode and talked about with uh, some of the chat boat dudes. Uh, it's basically this like decadent late social democracy where people are still miserable and there's still a lot of problems. So mm. uh, maybe, maybe that's what she was talking. Maybe that's what she means when she's like, I, I just mean it as a comment on the time, but uh, you know yeah. what? I think that we can take a work of art and read and, and project our own politics onto it. So that's what we're going to do today. Exactly, exactly. Especially because, like, I mean, anybody who's, like, paid attention to American politics since 2016, kind of the rise of Bernie Sanders and, like, the promise of social democracy and sort of debating about, like, you know, whether or not, uh, you know, racism, sexism, misogyny will go away when once we have economic equality. Like, this movie is hella relevant for, like, all those questions. I mean... We have we would have to have economic equality first in order to answer that question, and I don't think yeah. th- that that happens in the movie. But it's partly because, uh, oh, guess what? You need to be intersectional. It turns out if you really want equality, um, absolutely. So yeah, the film starts uh, ten years after this quote unquote war of liberation that established social democratic war of liberation. Yeah, which is like a <laughs> mm, bit of a contradiction in terms. We never find out what the actual war part was. Like we just find out that uh, Labor abandoned the old Democratic Party and got a new party. Which you know all the DSA for Bernie types are always saying. This is a primary goal of ours to have a workers party in the United mm-hmm. States to fix all the problems. Uh, they won an election. They don't tell us uh, a lot about it. But then, you know, step two, question mark. Step three, American <laughs> democratic socialism. Yeah. But the times are tough, especially for women and especially for queer black working class women. And we see them talking in an early scene. Some of these women discussing the closure of a daycare center. And they're like, what the fuck are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I want to mention, too, is that the way the film is like constructed is that it's like like not found footage, but like documentary style. So it's like a mockumentary and it's like interspersed with like news like uh coverage and interviews and kind of just like you know images of like you know working women in daily life which i think is like a really dope way to kind of introduce the ideas and material you know yeah hell yeah uh i like it too it is a little confusing at times i think i missed a little bit of the plot that i had to fill in from reading (laughs) but maybe i just wasn't paying attention (laughs) no it is frantic yo it's like uh it's like what's the word i'm looking for it's like um uh I don't know the word, like a vignette kind of thing. So it's like frantic and all over the place. So yeah, I agree for sure. But it, it is a cool style of storytelling. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got we got social democracy, folks. Fucking <laughs> Bernie won. Oh my God, everything <laughs> is good now, except not really. Um, 
We've got the mayor on TV saying some anti-communist shit about uh, patriotism and American socialism Mm -hmm. right at the very beginning. Um, And he's a black guy, too. Not that Mm -hmm. that means shit, you know, at all. Well, I mean, I think it means that representation is not enough. Exactly. That's what it means. Exactly. 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 (laughs) Fucking Eric Adams ass motherfucker. (laughs) Right. Right. Isn't it crazy how that ended up coming to fruition, I guess, with Eric Adams? That's wild. I didn't I didn't notice that. This movie was very prescient in many ways. (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, But yeah, so we got we got ourselves a nice little social democracy. Uh, Only things are not great because you know what? Sometimes you got it. Sometimes, all the time, all the time, you got to take it all the way. You got to abolish the fucking value form. Otherwise, your nice little social democracy in one country is still going to be subject to the rules of the market, which includes like, oh, some wacky voodoo shit happened with the money where now there's inflation and that means people can't eat like that sucks. Uh, But I'm getting a little ahead of myself because that's what I always do. (laughs) No, but that's like that sets like when the film starts, like it sets it's like the 10th anniversary. But there are riots going on. Right. Because men are complaining that the workfare program um, is prioritizing um, women, specifically black queer women. Right. Um, So there's like also, as you said, with the stagflation, like there is like social unrest. So. Again, although we have the social democracy, like not only is it like obviously racism, sexist, like racist, sexist, like homophobic, transphobic, but it's also like not even actual like socialism. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, things are things are not great. People are fighting over scraps because you know what? You still got an economy. You're subject to the rules of the economy. The economy is going badly. People are going to fight over who gets a limited amount of resources. Um, So. Yeah, I think I think the protests are mostly about how they're being given like youth, especially black mm-hmm. youth and men mm-hmm. are being given meaningless, low paying jobs by this workfare mm-hmm. program. Um, I think the women in this movie are mad because they are they're being discriminated against, even if the yeah. men don't see it that way, um, yeah. especially single women and lesbians and this is something that actually happened in great society programs like the full employment and balanced growth act of 1976 oh shit okay so yeah they're they're pissed off it uh god it's so relevant to today and it's also sad because the first thing i thought about was actually the paris commune because i'm researching that for everybody Mm. loves communism right now so basically the same problems that uh working class feminists have were concerned with when this movie was made mm-hmm. um both relevant to 19th century france and modern day america so that's Dude, fun i know we talked about it before on uh, on the last show on uh elc but isn't it like bleak and i guess like kind of like i guess encouraging you know but bleak that like the same shit that we're discussing like and lamenting over today like the same thing was happening like over a hundred fucking years ago. I mean, that's capitalism for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know what else to say. We gotta. <laughs> yeah, it is. Someone should really do something about that. <laughs> Someone should really do something about it. We won't have these problems. I mean, this is what I've been saying all along. <laughs> yeah. So we got. Uh, let's see. Oh, I should also say there's a really cool song that the movie is named after called "Born yeah. in Flames." It really fucking slaps. It's like some yeah. cool no wave song that kind of sounds like the Slits. Uh, yeah. 
by Red Crayola. I think Crayola with the K. The, guy, the guy's name is like Mayo <laughs> Mayo Ass Johnson or something. <laughs> I'm not making this up. His first name is, I mean, I don't think that's his Christian name, but uh, yeah. His name is Mayo? Yeah. It's like, I, I'm going to look this up later. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes. Put it um, in the show notes, I'll yeah. But yeah, it's a cool song. Oh, we can song. play it too at the end. We can play it at the end too. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave a note for Andy. It's a cool <laughs> song written just for this movie. So um, anyway, all right. So we got two pirate radio stations, both mm. led by lesbians. We got the uh, kind of white punk rock lesbian at one of them. And mm-hmm. black lesbian at the other one. We got yeah. so they're both. Um, I forget which is which, but Radio Phoenix Res- and Radio, Radio Regatta. Yeah, Regatta. Regatta is the one with the white punk, and uh, the Phoenix is the one with the older black radical matriarch. So good, so yeah. good. I mean, I there are aspects of this world where I'm like, I want to live in this world. And one yo, of the same, things yo. is that all the radio stations are just helped by punk rock lesbians of various kinds. <laughs> oh yeah and it also like dude we talk about it but it's also like like one of the first things that struck me was like obviously because we do podcasts you know and sometimes i could get a little bit uh a little bit uh self-hating as a podcaster and it's a uh, utility oh, in political education you already know what i'm talking about jamie we've talked about it before but what was hopeful like you're saying like i kind of want to live in this world is that like yo they were like speaking real truth to power and like actually like radicalizing people like there was like at least some sort of independent infrastructure there where they weren't just screaming into the void and that was tight i agree um (laughs) always thinking about ways to do that uh so yeah we also got this radical group called the women's army that Mm -hmm. does pretty cool like vigilante justice like take back the night stuff like it is a little bit uh over the top but like they find a woman who's in the process of being raped by two men mm. on the street and they like ride up and they blow their rape whistles at them and then they yeah. run away and that's yeah. cool yeah and, and uh, we don't see it but excuse me in the news reporting apparently they also like beat the shit out of men too but like we don't see that though but yeah like you said they're like uh like uh i don't want to use like i don't want to use uh what's that the something guardians the uh Oh, what are the they? guardian angels. Yeah. yeah, no, they're fucked. So they're not. I don't want to use that as a one-to-one analogy. <laughs> but if the if the guardian angels were women, were women and not abusers and actually cool and radical, I guess that's what the women's army would be. Yeah. And they so also they, do mutual yeah. aid and stuff. Yeah. Like there's a scene where they're like setting up autonomous daycare centers. They're they're cool. Mm-hmm. They're good. Yeah. And they're all they're all fighting for women's rights too, especially women's economic rights, which is the primary concern of working class women through history. Absolutely. So um, we also have another group of women. They're these sort of white liberal feminists. Fun fact: one of whom is played by Catherine Bigelow. Did you know that? Yo, when I didn't know that when I first watched it, but then when I like watched it the second time, I was like, dude, what the fuck? I think this was the first thing that she was in. That's well, crazy. one of the first things that she was in. It's insane. And now and later on she did like Zero Dark Thirty. Yo, bro. That's so weird. <laughs> That's so bleak. <laughs> so weird. Um, I wonder if she that that makes me I mean this is a side. We don't gotta talk about this, but it just <laughs> makes me think about the trajectory of her politics. Like to be in a film like that and understand the role that she's playing, which like you said is like the liberal, I guess, feminist versus like actually turning into even worse than that. Mm. You know, like an upholder of fucking empire. Like, yeah. 
I yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's I guess it's sort of like how Allison Williams played that character in Get Out that was like a really good parody of a certain kind of white girl while yeah. also probably being that person. No, I mean, yeah. she might be really cool. I don't know. Well, Bradley Whitford, he thought like that he was that line that, oh, I would have voted for Obama a third time. Yeah. Like he actually thought that was serious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do you think he's actually said that to people? In I think he did. I I think he actually has. I knew when he got that line, oh, he was boy. so excited to deliver it. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it could be as simple as she just like wanted to be in a movie and she knew some people who were making a movie through. I don't know. Hollywood is weird. Um, yeah, probably more likely. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So she's uh, this group of white liberal feminists, including Catherine Bigelow, who's playing herself. Um, they work for the <laughs> newspaper and they're like not super into the women's army. They're like. You, you, you girls, you, you don't know what the war of liberation was like. You want everything at once. Um, you're doing a separatism because, uh, quote, the demand for equal rights for one group alone hurts our struggle with everyone. How many times have we fucking heard that from Jesus, certain man. people? Uh, and they think that the women's army is even counter-revolutionary because they criticize the party. I mean, how yeah. many times have we heard that from people who uh, were, I don't know, I don't want to not, obviously I love Bernie Sanders and I want him to mm -hmm. win, but there were definitely were people who were like, you're counter-revolutionary if you, or you're standing in the way of progress because you criticized Bernie from the left or social democracy or whatever. Absolutely. And like specifically too, not just like, you know, people online and shit like that. I mean, these are people online, but like. You know, like writers and editors of socialist magazines, right? And that's the like, that's the one thing about I think is like so like prescient in this film too is that they say like kind of quote, well paraphrasing, they're like, we don't want to abolish things, right? Or we don't abolish things. It's a gradual movement forward. When they talk about the party's sort of like ideology, and then they discuss how these younger women who are joining the women's army were have only kind of been born and like grew up during the past 10 years. So like, like you were saying, they don't remember a time before the revolution and they have a nostalgia and envy for a revolution that's already been fulfilled, which like, again, is like all about this incrementalism and all that we need to do is just wait, which is like, huh. sounds like bullshit. the Democrats, <laughs> which is the democratic like party. Fucking Hillary Clinton. When, <laughs> the, when, when people say that, um, yeah, they're also like really condescending to the women's army in, in so many ways like the the mm -hmm. tv pundits i don't remember if this is like some guy on tv saying it or some white lady but they're like mm -hmm. um these people these women they're motivated by a desire for excitement and romanticism which yes. um you know kind of burns my ass as a communist because i've heard that so many times you're just jesus, larping man. you know yeah yeah jesus christ dude like fuck me i guess i should you know stop trying but yeah you should stop trying sorry then. haters we're still oh, here God. And we're still communists. So uh, I don't know what to That's tell you. Right. <laughs> um, so let's see. Also, what happens in the movie? Okay. Um, there's also this really cool activist woman named Adelaide Norris. Mm -hmm. And the feds are after her from the beginning. They have this little, you know, this little reel of, you know, photos they've taken of her surreptitiously. And they're like, and of course, she's a homosexual. So yeah. Yeah. then... 
Uh, she she does this cool trip to Africa where she's like linking struggles up or all over the world uh, mm-hmm. with women all over the world, maybe also buying guns. We aren't <laughs> sure. OK, she was <laughs> never tried. She was never convicted. Um, all we saw is her like talking about it. Um, but the feds, they get her. They get her on her way back. Which let me ask you a question about that, too, because that's one thing that struck me is that one of the first one of the first scenes is these like cops like, you know, I guess an an analog to the FBI that is like surveilling her and discussing like, you know, her whereabouts and all that shit. And I was like, look at that shit, man. Like you still need a law enforcement, like the centralized law enforcement organization in the supposed social democracy. Like that shit fucked with me because literally they're fucking FBI in the movie is what they are. Yeah, well, it's almost like abolition needs to be the center of any serious socialist practice. Almost, Jamie. It's almost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, we we get into this. Oh my God, I'm thinking about state and revolution now. Everything. <laughs> I think maybe I'm just thinking about ELC a lot. Oh <laughs> yeah. Everything leads back to this. These questions on the state and mm. capitalism and mm. the violent arm of the state and. Uh, mm. Yeah, these are some serious issues I have with uh, with social democracy and with state socialism in general. You know, if they're still mm-hmm. surveilling people and throwing them in jail. Uh, not sure how free that society is. Granted, Absolutely. you know, socialist states have to defend themselves against. Uh, well, I guess I have more sympathy with with state socialism when it's like former imperial subjects because yeah. they have to defend themselves more against imperialist meddling by the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, interesting question in relationship to, like, what if we ever got a socialist United States? Yeah, like, yeah, what would that... And I think that the that what this film does is, like, present, like, the challenges and sort of, like, getting rid of, like, not all these, like, just, like, these, uh, these deep-seated, like, this curiarchy of oppression, but also just, like, the value form, right? Like, especially in the United States of America, the belly, the belly of the beast, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. So, uh, oh, yeah. Well, I really, I jumped ahead in these notes. Whoops. Um, <laughs> no, but, dude, we can always, we can always go you know like. What? That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I've seen this movie like three times. Like, right, I know great. it backwards and forwards. I fucking love it. So we're talking about the liberal journalist ladies, right? Mm-hmm. At first they're like, oh, I don't know. They're <laughs> tactics and they're like so impatient. But they learn some fucking lessons after Adelaide gets arrested mm-hmm. uh, and they decide that they support the women's army, right? Yes. Because yes. E- even the, these, these liberal values that these fucking media nerds uphold, guess what? Uh, capital and its states, they don't actually care about them and mm. they only hold until they need to suspend them. And mm. that includes stuff like due process. Like you gotta, sorry, like it's, it's fucking fascists versus communists. You gotta pick mm-hmm. a side. There's no exactly. middle position. Exactly. And, and the thing is, is that the mayor in the beginning, when he's like giving that speech, you know, and he, he's, he's like uh, anti-fascist and, you know, anti-communist, he says that this is the most peaceful revolution the world has ever known. And throughout this film, right, the theme of like the utility of violence like percolates. That's why Adelaide, that's why she gets arrested, right? Because she's pushed by, not pushed, she's encouraged rather by uh, this character, Zeta Wiley, who's like a former, Zella. Uh, she's like a, a, a matriarchal black radicalist like she's dope as fuck she's yo. so cool and she's a lawyer too oh yeah she was a fucking <laughs> lawyer too that was her past and she fought in the women's army like actually fought um not the women's army in the revolution mm-hmm. i think 
the women's army is like a a kind of like a um an outgrowth or successor to whatever movement she started but anyway like yeah there's a conversation where she's talking to him adelaide and she's kind of like talking about the utility of violence which comes up in various discussions throughout the movie yeah she says all oppressed people have the right to violence which is true Um, but then she said you just have to do it in the right way in the right time in the right place which is also true yeah yeah what did you think of do you remember this conversation i know we jumped back and forth but since we're on the topic remember that conversation when adelaide approached i guess i guess she approached like the women's army which at the time was not fully radicalized and ready to commit acts of violence or sabotage or whatever and she's talking to her about violence and the woman brings up a good point she's like you know the state can use this violence against us and put the people against us because then we'll be branded as terrorists right or as violent right violent disruptors and i thought that was a i thought that was a point that i don't know was noteworthy you know yeah they're talking about how they need some like less lethal forms of it uh Mm. it, it doesn't really go anywhere as a thread in the movie yeah but they, yeah. this is a, a relevant conversation to any revolutionary. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's possible. <laughs> We've seen it. We've seen it happen that way in history. Yeah. Um, and like, it, it brings me back to some speeches and some conversations by the Black Panthers as well. And by Gramsci. Just mm. th- like so, so many people have, have thought about this issue. Um, because it's not just a matter of a military uh, military campaign, any revolution. You have to have the people on your side. Otherwise, Absolutely. you don't have anything. And so, like, even in a revolutionary scenario, I think the majority of the work is political. And yeah. the majority of the work needs to be done um, before. What did Gramsci call it? Oh, God. I, keep, I always mix up which is which. Um, mm. The war of position oh yeah what you do before the actual Mm -hmm. insurrection to try to Mm -hmm. lay the political groundwork Mm -hmm. and then the war of maneuver is you know the the physical part yeah when you gotta like yeah when you gotta kind of dig your heels in yeah so what happens next the ladies of the women's army they recognize that we're in an info war and mm-hmm. they do a terrorism at the news state. I don't know if this counts as a terrorism. They Wait, just want to get on the news. Wait, hold up. But we got we we missed it though. Uh, to add this thing, because this is the precipitating event that kind of like uh, kind of makes sets these events in motion and whatever happens in the third act of the film. Adelaide, when she gets when she returns and oh, right. comes back to the airport, God. major right. major omission on my part. Yeah, yeah. I almost forgot about it too. She um. Because there are some things about that that I really liked. One thing I noticed specifically from the socialist editors that I was like, okay, like, like the, these women are uh, like obviously like fucking liberals. And I don't know how full gung-ho they are, but they end up coming around. But yeah, she returns from Western, the Western Sahara when she's had training and probably made contacts to get weapons. We don't know. Um, and she gets captured by the pigs who take her to prison, uh, torture her. And then she mysteriously dies in jail and becomes a political martyr. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And they say that she left a suicide note saying I'd mm-hmm. rather die than live in a fascist prison. But it's very fishy. 
Yeah, it's very fishy. And we see, we see like, I like, like, it's kind of filmed in, uh, from this supposedly objective point of view, where you see one of the, the FBI guys pick up the phone and receive the call that she's killed herself. But I don't know if Lizzie Borden meant to present that as like, no, she really did. Or as like, yo, all these motherfuckers are lying, you know? Or even if that guy doesn't know, doesn't mean she still wasn't killed by the feds in prison. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, she definitely was. It's 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 meant to be suspicious, or mm-hmm. you know maybe she did kill herself because they were torturing her, or yes. something like that. It's not a nice prison. Let's just mm-hmm. say that. Like, I feel like there are probably several different levels of prison that mm-hmm. we will have to go down through before we get to no prison but this is uh it looks like it's pretty much the same as prison was then in (laughs) exactly it does it very much does. political prisoner it does so yeah that's a serious uh serious event that's what gets the white liberal feminist journalists on the side of the more radical women because yes. they're seeing these, you know, these liberal values uh, erode before their very mm-hmm. eyes. These mm-hmm. liberal social democratic enlightenment values or whatever, like due process, habeas corpus, all that shit. They're like, oh, wait, maybe this allegedly socialist government uh, doesn't actually care about any of this stuff. And as soon as people uh, agitate for their rights or do anything that threatens it whatsoever, um, yeah, that all goes out the window. So, He's absolutely. Which is true. So, yeah. So then after that, there is a bit of an info war, shall we say. Mm-hmm. So the ladies, the women's army, what do they do? They hold up the news station with mm-hmm. guns, which is pretty badass, got to say. <laughs> and was. they interrupt the president's address. Now, this is very interesting because the president is trying to give some concessions to make the ladies happy. And he's saying, oh, you'll now get wages for housework. And this is a very old feminist demand going back Mm to, um, well, I mean, wages for the phrase itself was the the original phrase was actually wages against housework in Mm -hmm. a tract by Silvia Federici, who was an Italian feminist. I believe this tract is from the 1970s, I want to say. And the idea was not oh, women should get paid to do housework and that'll make everything okay. The original idea behind wages against housework was to make unwaged labor that women do uh, into waged labor and therefore bring it into the realm of political and economic struggle so that we can Mm. overthrow all of it. Now, what does that mean in terms of housework and social reproduction? That means stuff like they were what they were talking about in the beginning. We need some state provided or you know societal provided daycare for children. Mm-hmm. We need big uh, laundries and cafeterias and basically ways to consolidate and make more efficient this drudgery that dominates so many women's lives. But the president, he's, he's neutered that and got a new version of it because he's like, you know what? What if we'll just give the ladies some money and maybe they'll shut the fuck up and leave us alone. Mm-hmm. But then, and maybe they'll, you know, stop, stop caring, stop, stop saying like, what's up with this yeah. chick you murdered? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the th- crazy thing about it too is like, it's so, it was so accurate to the way that liberals, like the Democratic Party, they always shoot themselves in the fucking foot, 
right? Because, like, I mean, not only do they not actually want to introduce any transformative, like, legislation that's, like, not just a reform for reform's sake, but also because they're fucking stupid. So, like, the best thing that you could do is say, okay, we have, like, you know, these women that are upset. We have social unrest. We're going to make it worse by locking you in to the societal role that we haven't, like, the la- one of the last vestiges of sexism mm-hmm. in a capitalist society, right? Not, not, not sort of, like, kind of reconnecting all of this into social life, like, the way we work and what we do at home. But, no, we're going to split it asunder and make it even fucking worse. I just thought that was funny and very accurate. Yeah, yeah. So Joe Biden is trying to talk about that on television. And then (laughs) they, uh, oh, whoops, look, they hijacked the TV station and do their own broadcast of their leader talking about Adelaide's murder and talking about some of their demands, which is, uh, I I saw some of the demands on the list and it all looks like pretty standard socialist feminist stuff. Um, they want jobs, they want, um, free abortion, they want free childcare, they mm-hmm. want, and they want representation in government. Now the, mm-hmm. this part kind of rubbed me the wrong way because we've seen what representation in government gets you when they yes. were like, we need women, we need black women in government. I'm like, is that really going to be good enough though? Like we exactly. need, we need a little more. And, and that's the thing with the film kind of has this dual track, you know, like where on the one hand it is about intersectionality, but then on the other hand, and, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say anything about Lizzie Borden's personal politics or anything like that, or even the sign of sort of current of radical thought at the time. But then it's like very identity based and identitarian kind of in a way. You know what I mean? We're like, it's just like a double track where, again, intersectionality, but also like, yeah, I don't know if we want more like black women cops. You know, I think we have to change the whole structure of the society before we talk about these things, you know, or as we talk about these things. Yeah, yeah, I would say it's a little bit rad Libby in that way. Yeah. It is. It is very. That's what I'm saying. It's rad, Libby. Basically, but, uh, that you know what that was. What a lot of the left was like at the time. So absolutely. Uh, you gotta you gotta walk before you run, <laughs> before you before you communism. And hey, that's where we come in. That's where we exactly exactly. You know, we gotta figure out what we need instead of that yeah. crappy world or yeah. or this one. You know, which is yeah. pretty fucking similar. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, um, what happens at the end of the movie? This is this is like oh, this is a holy shit moment for me when I watched it because yeah. they spoiler alert they fucking bomb the antenna on top of the World Trade Center. Yo, your message when you when you messaged me, you were like <laughs> holy shit. I was like I knew it was so hard for me not to ruin the just to say yo, how fucking wild is it oh, that this movie not only predicted fucking the trajectory of social democracy but also 9-11 bro <laughs> what the fuck i mean they're not the only ones to predict the bombing of the world trade center either this is true this is true third eye right maybe now. it was just overdetermined from the start um chicken's coming home to roost i don't know maybe i mean yeah it's just such a such an international symbol but yeah i saw that and i was like oh, oh, oh wow wow i mean maybe Maybe that's why this movie wasn't more widely circulated. But like, no, I think that that's got more to do with stuff that happened way, way, way before 
September 11th. But this movie is having a renaissance now. So hopefully it's been long enough so the movie won't be uh, suppressed based on that very prescient final scene. But, you know, to be fair, um, I don't think that they meant to kill the people in the World Trade Center in this movie. I think they just wanted to uh, destroy the antenna and disrupt the mainstream media that was feeding everyone lies and propaganda, which is totally fine. Absolutely. And they blew it up while at the end, and this is at the end where we see the only sort of portrayal of um, react, like, like reactionary, tr- well, I don't want to say truly reactionary because the social democratic party that takes over from the Democrats, they are reactionary, but at conservative, this is where we see a first kind of portrayal of conservative news journalist who is talking about the dangers of over socialization and how it has kind of turned this democracy into a welfare state. Mm -hmm. And then that's when they fucking blow that antenna up. And it's like, yeah, man, that scene was fucking awesome. Also like, and we'll talk about it, but like, when I first watched it, what ended, I was like, hell yeah, dude, we need a, we need to seize control of the cognitive map. But then I was like, damn, Lizzie Borden could never have imagined like social media and like the <laughs> internet and how like expansive that shit is. And like, you can't just blow up a fucking antenna. Like you got to go like hundreds of feet, miles, sorry, below ground or wherever the fuck these, I don't know, these servers are and shit, you know? We need to get Kim Kardashian on our side. <laughs> And then she's going to use her ass to break the internet. <laughs> to break the internet. And literally. That's when we'll be free. <laughs> Dude, like, I don't, what, what did you, what did you think of it, man? Did you like it? Did you, you love the film? What, what were you, some of your criticisms of it? I liked it a lot. Um, I mean, look, it's not art's job to be totally didactic mm. and to be like, here are problems A, B, and C, and here's the solution. Like, mm. I think it's mostly art has done its job if it reflects uh, the reality in which we're living. And I think on that front, the film definitely succeeds. Mm. Um, like, it would be weird if everyone making great movies was also like very, very evolved and fully formed in their politics and yeah. had like this materialist critique uh of you know capitalism and then also some kind of positive vision for communism Hmm. um like i don't think that's art's job um i mean it it came after the people that i don't like which is obviously the most important thing to me Mm -hmm. is just parodying Mm -hmm. and owning them (laughs) um and i think you know i think we can take a message that goes beyond maybe what the filmmaker intended like maybe she doesn't have a a real a real good reason behind why the problems exist the way they do in mm-hmm. this society um mm-hmm. besides maybe sort of sort of an idealist mode of like oh yeah people are racist people are sexist blah 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 yeah. blah, blah but i think we can see that it really shows the pitfalls of socialism in one country because yeah. it really it just does not work economically in the long term uh it's still subject to the rules of the market you have to compete in a global capitalist marketplace this leads mm-hmm. to scarcity because capitalism is wildly unstable in the long term and when you try to do half measures the market really doesn't like that um mm-hmm. so everyone's competing over scraps and they become tribalistic um so i think that's that's at least one of one of the threads that i want to 
I want to pull out of there. Like, you need to take it all the way. We got to do the thing. We got to get rid of capitalist social relations all over the world, preferably for things to work out in the long term. And I don't think it is a given that uh, race oppression and gender Mm. oppression will just go away if we do that. But I think that is a, a major part of it. And it cannot happen without that. And I think communism is one of the necessary goals if we ever want that to happen. Absolutely. And I think I think, too, that Lizzie Borden being kind of like um, like um, like politically aware enough, like in her own politics to make the mayor of New York, not just a black guy, but explicitly anti-communist. Right. Like, I think that was really interesting. And, you know, she has like little things throughout throughout the movie where there's there's a scene where these women are on the train and there's a poster behind them of the black mayor and there's racist graffiti scrawled across it. Right. So, like, I mean, obviously what the film is, is about like, yeah, just because we achieve this sort of like, you know, this this economic like, yeah, uh, equality, which is it isn't even equality, but this sort of nominal performative right solidarity with workers like obviously these other like problems still exist in society including the fucking police which jamie as you were talking about you know due to like you know uh economic instability you know social unrest the armed dogs of capital you know the uh what does lenin call them uh uh special bodies of armed special bodies of armed men i liked yours better the armed dog. Yeah, I don't know or why I always think of it. Let's call <laughs> like, the armed pigs of capital. How about the armed that? pigs of capital. on the nose. Uh, no, it's not too on the nose at all. Fuck that. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. But like, I don't know. Like, I was, I was thinking like, if this film was to be made today or a version of it, like, I don't know. The whole social media thing. I just kept thinking about it. Maybe it's because I'm what I'm reading now. But it was like kind of like it makes me think about sectarianism online and on the left you know and sort of also uh independent left media and is independent left media at all right now we both say no but it's it's not is it all could be at a point where it would kind of foment the kind of unrest and political education that happened in the film like i don't think that you know uh editors from socialist magazines are going to be like the women in the film i'm sorry you know (laughs) Wait, you don't think Boss Carson Cara is going to fucking hijack a TV station at gunpoint to broadcast his message? Listen, bro, I have no problem with Boss Cara. I, I, I would talk a little shit, not bad shit, but I ratioed the fuck out of him on Twitter the other day, and it was mad funny. Oh like, I got, God. like, 600 fucking likes to his, like, five or something like that. And it was just sort of, not, I mean, all that clout shit's stupid, but it was sort of kind of <laughs> an example of the sort of political methodology and thinking of these people. You know what I mean? Where, I mean... I don't know, I, I man. I actually don't know what you're talking about. Oh, it's, it's, it? I'll say you, it's, it's, it's stupid, but I'll say, I'll say to the DMs after. It's just kind of funny. Okay. It was, it was a discussion about, it's not, it's not even anything big, but it was a discussion about uh, education being a kind of indicator of class, you know, and redefining working class, which for some reason, like motherfuckers feel the need to do like every six months, you know? And I was like, dude, I thought working class was like, you earn a lit wage for a living and you don't own any capital, you know? Uh, that would be the Marxist definition. Yo, that's what I said, bro. And he was like, well, that's part of it. But education, I was like, dude, I'll leave the semantics up to you. I'm going to go around and talk to my neighbors and coworkers about why shit sucks and how we can make it better. I don't care about definitions. I mean, I care about them, but I recognize that's not what people want to fucking hear. I mean, yeah. I mean, didn't you hear, though, that Netflix writers are not working class? 
Yeah, they're not they're not working class. Like just say the queers, why don't you? Like everybody knows what that tweet was actually trying to say. Oh, absolutely. Which again, going back to the film, like if you don't have like a materialist analysis, or rather, as you said, simply put, Jamie, if you don't go all the fucking way and you make these half measures, we're gonna continue to have these stupid fucking reductive arguments about like what actually needs to happen and you maintain retain fascism i mean that's fucking it yeah and and in order to take it all the way even to socialism like we need an intersectional approach because absolutely uh white supremacy and because uh patriarchy are so intertwined with the way american capitalism operates so even if you just want like an actual like i guess i guess the point is that you social democracy is a is a bad end point to have as your goal because yeah, <laughs> again there's it's it's all like you pull on one thread and it all comes unbound and mm-hmm. uh if you're gonna have capitalism oh wait that's what generates the state as we know mm-hmm. from reading lenin and you know mm-hmm. other people before him mm-hmm. and oh we're gonna have the state that's what generates the police state the special bodies of armed men and particularly in this country um capital I and mean, capital always benefits from having a segmented working class uh so why would it give that up why would it yeah. give up white supremacy when that's one of the planks supporting it like i think Absolutely. it's a little bit silly i think it's a little i mean i think some of these people really mean well but i think mm-hmm. they're just wrong to think that we could do social democracy, we could have a new New Deal, right? Bernie Sanders is president, and we're just gonna new, we're gonna do the New Deal all over again, but without the racism and the sexism. Absolutely, and you know what? The film. There's one scene in the film that depicts that perfectly, where Adelaide gets it's like midway midway in the film. Adelaide gets fired from the construction site, right? And she goes back there with a group of women who show up to the lock gates and they're trying to argue with the foreman inside and then the men arrive right and they're trying to kind of like talk to the men and say hey if you know uh, we can't work you need money join us right like they're trying to kind of like you know build this solidarity but the dudes are like uh man like i have no power i have no money right and then the women get kind of like you know accosted and like pulled away and it's like you know individually like as a black dude man i don't fucking expect that like white people are gonna stop fucking hating me because we have medicare for all right i'm not gonna expect that like white people are not going to be scared right just because we have like these social programs but that being said these things go hand in hand and there needs to be a a shift in social consciousness which obviously does not happen you know with the social democratic revolution in the film right yeah no i mean These things are, I think these things have material origins in history mm. and therefore they're not eternal and they could be gotten rid of, but um, not if we don't specifically struggle against them, right? Yeah. This is, I think this is a, an argument that I've gotten in with a lot of uh, Adolf Reed types online mm. <laughs> at times and IRL. Like they mm. think because class is like class relations are what originally gave birth to the race relations that we have say in this society um, that you can only fix the race relations by fixing the class relations. And then, you know, the race relations will follow. Whereas you and I, I think believe that once 
these things, uh, once these things began, they kind of t- took on a life of their own and we're going to need to struggle against, um, against all of the bad stuff at once, all of the yeah. oppression, racial yeah. oppression, gender oppression and class mm. oppression. Um, and that's not do it, I, I think it does a disservice to what Marxism actually is to say, oh, I'm a Marxist, therefore uh, class is the only thing that matters. Because Marxism is not just the study of, of class, it's the study of social relations in general. And Absolutely. I think race and gender, uh, they count. <laughs> Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. I was just looking for, you reminded me of the Stuart Hall quote that I like a lot, um, uh, which is, uh, race is the modality in which class is lived. And it's often misinterpreted as like um, a, a race first, as opposed to like a class reductionist, a race first sort of, um, um, you know, explanation. But what he's saying is that race and uh, sexism, these are these are pillars, structural pillars of capitalism. Right. So, you, you know, another Stokely Carmichael or Kwame Ture said, you can't be an anti-racist unless you're an anti-capitalist, right? Because racism is a question of attitude, is a question of power, not attitude, right? Yeah. And like that shit has always stuck with me. So yeah, y'all like, yo, like Bernie's cool, you know, social democracy <laughs> is a, is a, uh, I've been reading a lot of Mark Fisher and he has a lot of good things to say about uh, social democracy uh, under the Labor, Labor Party before neo uh, neoliberalism, before Margaret Thatcher and later Blair, but uh, I mean, we got it. We got to go a step further, man. Yeah, that's yeah. all I'm saying. You yeah. gotta, you gotta send me some some good stuff to read. Oh hell yeah, he, hell yeah. I really, it makes me sad that the thing Mark Fisher is the best known for now, at least mm. in certain circles, is that stupid fucking Vampire Castle essay. I love yo. You don't like not, it, yo? That's my pinned tweet right now. I love that not shit, his dude. Best work. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, we got to talk about that, man. I love. It's not his best work. I agree. Actually, Ghost of My Life uh, is his best work. And right, well, what the fuck? I haven't read all his shit, but I like it a lot. I like it even more than Capitalist Realism, which it's kind of a companion to that. I'll send you some shit. All we'll right, talk about send, send me some yeah. shit. I mean, look, no. whatever you think about the Vampire Castle essay, you have mm-hmm. to admit that it has been really taken up as a rallying cry by some of the worst motherfuckers on the internet. I know. It is one of the most misinterpreted, <laughs> like one of his most misinterpreted texts or even like the like uh one of the more recent misinterpreted like leftist texts i know man uh, well we'll we'll have to talk some more about that um but yeah, oh, yeah. speaking of speaking of the woke stuff um <laughs> i think it has a lot of modern day relevance this movie because you yes. know everyone now on the news you're seeing it everyone's talking about what a turnoff it is that the liberals are so woke and that's turning off the average worker blah blah mm-hmm. blah but uh they're not talking about the primary issue, which is um, that class analysis is missing, right? Like, yes. I agree uh, with, you know, a lot of the anti-woke crowd. Uh, anti-racism without anti-capitalism is just bourgeois morality. Mm. But uh, anti-capitalism without anti-racism is also doomed from the start, uh, because racism is a major disunifier of the working class, and the working class needs to unite if it wants to ever gain power for itself. So Absolutely. I feel like maybe some of the anti-woke people are operating in good faith and see that, but others don't even mention capitalism, and they just make it uh, sort of a mere image of this dumb cultural critique that everyone is making. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And you know what? It makes me think, I don't know if this is like, 
I think it's relevant, but like the whole debate over, you know, CRT and, you know, like uh, attacking the Democrats is like identitarian. And like all of that is true because they lack, a, they not even just lack, they explicitly refute a class analysis. So then we just fall into these empty ident identitarian categories in which because you're not addressing uh, systemic issues. And that's the fucking thing, right? These motherfuckers always talk about systemic racism, but they never name yeah. what the fucking system is, man. What are the systems? What, what is the, the fucking system? It's like fucking that. Samuel Jackson, like Samuel Jackson in Pulp Fiction. Motherfucker, what is it? What? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's always like, they always like leave that out. And it's convenient that they do that, obviously, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's like <laughs> toxins and the wellness community. <laughs> yeah, yeah right yeah. what toxins do i need to get rid of tell me their names and maybe i'll Can believe you be you specific that that's real otherwise <laughs> yeah. i will do your cleanse but it's only because i want a flat stomach when i go on vacation <laughs> to the beach that's it not very material well actually that's rather materialist actually so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah what man. are they you can't they can't name them but it's ca it's because it's capitalism but then once you name that it's like whoa what are you a freaking communist exactly. and then you know from there like all kinds of bad shit happens trust me trust me exactly you get uh a lot of mean comments said about you on the <laughs> internet if you're you know best case scenario worst case scenario uh if you're like a black panther communist or something the government just fucking kills you so right. like i get it why people would be a little hesitant to be vocal with that critique but uh <laughs> one of the goals of this podcast and mm. i think a lot of the stuff that you do too i don't want to mm. put words in your mouth is to mm. be more like we have to say it we mm. just have to fucking say it out loud because i've seen a lot of people come right up to the edge of this critique and stop mm. because yeah. there is a certain only a certain range of acceptable opinions you, you can express if you want a career in media yeah. and like the the challenge for us is how do we get enough reach and enough power and maybe enough unity among us i mm -hmm. feel like that would help that mm -hmm. we can make this critique which i believe is the only responsible one to make uh being that the communists are the adults in the room at this right. at this late point in history, how do we get that to a point where it could actually cause civil unrest? Right, and right. get people, and not just unrest without a purpose, but like unrest with a purpose. You know, I think there've been a yeah. lot of uh, a lot of good starts to things. A lot of people saying what they don't like around the world. A lot of um, direct action, shall we say, looting, rioting, burning down police precincts. That's all direct action, right? That's all a lot of no. Uh, but we got to get to what we want to say yes to, and how how do we how do we do that? Yeah, yeah. How how how, Aaron? I mean, shit, man. <laughs> like, and this this is this is going back to the film. I think that the and that last scene of blowing up that uh, radio antenna, right? Is like it is really like kind of building a revolutionary countercultural like like media infrastructure, right? And you know, I like. You know, I talk about the shit online all the time, like logging onto Twitter to complain about Twitter, basically. But like people who think that, like, we're going to organize our way out of this by posting. Right. Um, I think that those independent radio stations were actually reaching people. Right. And politically educating people. And that's like one of the things that's sorely lacking on the left, man, is like a robust, like leftist media media space to to kind of like. I mean, reach out to like everyday people. And I don't really know, 
like you said, there are, there are barriers to to for with people that have opinions like ours. Also, not just barriers, but just like you know social kind of like personal sort of like um restrictions of not wanting to be in that environment but it's also like hard to think about how else people that's why bernie right like for everything we're saying about social democrats the fact that this motherfucker is on tv on a national debate stage saying this shit to millions of people is fucking insane you know we don't get that opportunity you know so i guess building a media building like a robust leftist media escape man that's what we need to be fucking yeah. doing and i think the thing that's going to enable people to enter these halls of power and stand firm with their message, uh, mm. unlike you know, I don't want to, I don't want to hate on AOC, but I, <laughs> I will being co-opted steadily. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. Uh, no, she is. The thing that will enable them to do that is to have a class autonomous, class independent organization. Uh, say a party or a party like structure mm -hmm. that has you know institutional power independently from the bourgeois state independently from the democratic party independently of the ngo sector which as we know is tied mm. to the bourgeois state um and until we have that um then it's not like who pretty much everyone who enters that sphere is either going to get co-opted or they're just going to be laughed off the stage Absolutely. And, and one thing that the party does in this film is that um, and what we could see the Democratic Party doing is that, you know, every people call the Democratic Party the graveyard of social movements. Right. The Democratic Party as the liberal, I guess, uh, f like uh, faction of the capitalist party, uh, their job is to kind of stultify any sort of like actual materialist, like socialist kind of movement. Right. Workers movement. And we see this like uh, when in the film, when these socialist editors finally kind of come around and join forces with the women's army, like they straight up say that it's necessary to have debate. Right. And lively, dynamic debate. Right. Um, within a party or within a movement. Right. Because that's the only way that change actually happens and stagnation doesn't set in. So I think, too, you, you have to have a strong party, but a dynamic party. Yeah. That isn't going to stifle debate, which has been, you know, yeah. downfall of socialist movements throughout history, you know. Ugh. That's the that's the billion dollar question, right? Like, how yeah. do you have a party or, uh, I mean, a ruling party mm. optimistically, if the party gets into power ever, that mm. is both strong enough to fend off challenges from its right, mm -hmm. uh, but sort of fluid enough and democratic enough to not become just another another dictatorship yeah yeah That's or yeah or what happened to um i've been listening to uh uh chapo's new uh i think with daniel Bessner and matt where they kind of do like what if of history of socialist history Ooh. and the first episode was on the german spd and the oh, shit. dude like it daniel Bessner like says stuff. this dude daniel Bessner says this fucking <laughs> amazing thing and matt says it too where Matt uses a, a, a quote from Bane from Batman and says, uh, uh, victory has defeated you, is what he says to Batman. And it's like the SPD, once they became victorious and gained uh, representation in the legislature, they became bougified, right? And any sort of actual, like, you know, um, um, uh, uh, grassroots workers movement, you know, with the labor unions, I mean... 
they would uh, dis- discourage that. Yeah. Right. And I mean, we see this with the Dem- I mean, specifically with the Democratic Party, which is not even a fucking socialist party, nominally so. Right. Yeah. At any single turn, look what they did to Sanders in 2020. Look what they're doing, what they did over the summer. Right. Last summer with the uprising, you know. Well, even even socialist parties, once they yeah. get into power, guess what? They're in charge of running a capitalist economy with Absolutely. all the directives. Because here's the thing. The peop- even the people running the government don't have that much power. Even capitalists themselves don't have mm. that much power in the system because so much is overdetermined by mm. the development of the market of capital itself. Absolutely. So, I mean, I guess we could keep on doing this mode of production where we're all just <laughs> fucking slaves to some uh, some 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 abstraction that just yeah. came just just evolved into being in England 500 years ago and now controls everyone and is going to destroy the world. Or guess what? We can do the grown up thing and rethink the way that the world and the economy is organized. See this. If you watch this film and exactly the sentiment you just said, Jamie, if you watch this film and you came out of there feeling like I liked it, but we need to be the adults in the room. We need to be communists. Then you're good to go, man. You're good to go. Yeah, I think I think that's a good takeaway. Um, also, okay, I really liked mm-hmm. what one of the women said towards the end. Um, perhaps in her address on the hijacked TV station, perhaps after they stole the U-Haul trucks and made a new combined pirate radio station mm-hmm. with the like the two lesbian uh, pirate uh, radio Phoenix. stations yeah. joined forces into one beautiful beautiful stuff uh, but yeah. she said socialism you guys are doing a fake ass socialist government socialism is a process mm. and i think that's also a really important thing to remember you know especially in a world like that uh, i mean maybe someday we'll get to full communism where everything is just perfect forever but mm. i think for the most part people need to think of this as a process or like you know the concept of permanent revolution that's one thing i liked from trotsky Mm. Which is to say that, you know, we got to we got to always be working on it. That's Absolutely. probably that's not exactly what Trotsky meant by permanent revolution. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to I'm going to extrapolate that from it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think of it like this, man. Like I, I think of it like uh, maybe this is too heady for some people. But, you know, like even in physics, you know, and I'm not a physicist. Right. I'm a dumbass. I can't even do math. Right. But like, you know, the fact that our bodies are held together by positive and negative reactions of uh, subatomic particles, and that's the only reason why matter exists, you know, that's the only reason why electronics exist, because of this kind of like reaction between positive and negative. I mean, you need that kind of dynamism, like in any movement, right? And it's a process, like you said, Jamie, I mean... I wouldn't be the person I am today if it wasn't like the past 31 years of my life who made me who I am. Why the fuck would you think that a uh, uh, transformative, transcendent almost, not to make it sound godly, but truly something that we've never really seen before on this planet. Why the fuck would you think it would be easy? Yeah. Like when we're up against the most dastardly foe that humanity has ever faced, capitalism, you know, mm-hmm. it takes time, man. I don't mean to be like, hey, it takes time, but. It does. It yeah. does. But not in the way that the stupid incrementalists say. No, not in that fucking way. It <laughs> takes time, which means it's time for you to struggle and fight. That's what yeah. that's what that fucking means, right? Yeah, because usually when people say it takes time, they're just asking you to like shut up and, and leave wait. alone. 
exactly <laughs> wait forever exactly is what they mean like you got you just want everything all at once you you communists you young people you yeah. upstarts <laughs> you you young fools you no. people who want clean air and water and not to fucking die of heat stroke <laughs> yeah yeah no what what it actually means is it takes time so you gotta start now absolutely and actually do it absolutely make use of the time we got man because uh uh, I don't know how much longer we got. How much longer I got? So shit. Oh God! Yeah, we just gotta, we just gotta try. You gotta try, man. Well, don't give up. Don't give up, man. I mean, like you know, if I, if we, if we were, uh, if we were actually doomers, then I wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't be communists, right? I wouldn't it's be an anti-capitalist if I was a doomer, because then I would, I'd be a nihilist and nothing would ever fucking change. But as uh, Ursula K. Le Guin said, man, uh, you know, the divine right of kings. People thought that would last forever, and it didn't. You know. So that's right. I mean, I honestly, I seesaw wildly back and forth between we're fucked and uh, <laughs> a better world is not only possible, but likely. Yeah. And, and any any percentage wise likely to happen. But, you know, you, you got to try. <laughs> like Di- Dialectics, man. You got to try. You don't you don't you don't get nothing if you don't try. At least at least, you know. When the world is on fire and we're all in jail for <laughs> in Guantanamo like, Bay, watching, watching, <laughs> like at least we can say that we tried. We could try. We'll be in Guantanamo Bay, like uh, fucking Elvi, like ninety years old. Like we'll be cellmates or some shit like that, and we'll be watching on the the closed circuit TVs, like motherfuckers, like actually, like the right motherfucker storming the Capitol or some shit like that. Man, I don't oh fucking know. God. <laughs> but you know. You, you got and you know it, it gives our lives meaning on some level i think too yeah just you gotta have some meaning in your life what better meaning than unfucking the world exactly exactly and you know uh whether you want kids or not but uh making sure that the next generation uh has a world at all you know oh god yeah we really have a historically unique uh pressure on us in the form of climate change so that's fun we do, but we got this, y'all. We got this. I we guess, got this. I guess we'll know pretty soon, you know, if uh, <laughs> if if it worked or not. <laughs> we 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 got this, man. Uh, I I always say this. It might sound corny, but like, yo, there's no fucking way that billions of years of like, um, you know, evolution, just generally until like where we are today, there's no fucking way that's just gonna end with with us languishing on a rock, fucking in space, like only to oppress ourselves forever like i can't believe that shit like i cannot believe that that's insane to fucking believe man i hope i hope you're right that's very optimistic of you i like this i like this version of you aaron hey i've been i've been uh i've been reading i've been uh reading a little bit i've been drinking a little less and uh, i've been writing so i feel a little bit more optimistic so you look good no yeah one can i feel see good. you because this is a podcast i've been smiling I, the whole time I'm almost I a kind of stone see so. you oh thank you jamie you look great you look <laughs> thank happy thank you jamie you're I am like, happy. Thank you've you. You've been Jamie. doing something right. <laughs> I've been trying, man. At least for the past two days. It, uh, I mean, this is an aside, but read, y'all, y'all, reading and writing and being with the people that you love—that's just the best thing you could do. So, I don't know, man. I I like that. I God, mm. my brain is so broken by the internet. I know, uh, dude. But I've been reading a lot for you know for my shows, obviously. Yes. yes. Uh, and getting back into writing has been tricky but i'm working on this book proposal again now and uh yeah i don't really i probably shouldn't talk about it 
uh, publicly nah. yet, but I will know pretty soon, I think, if I really have something or if I should just fucking give up because mm. I asked my agent for some deadlines because that's the way my brain works <laughs> and my ADHD was not going to let me do do it without deadlines. So I got I one admire coming up. That. I got one coming up on American Thanksgiving because my agent is Canadian nice. and we'll see how I do with that. What is, it, is it like is it an essay? It's a book. It's what the fuck like, on Thanksgiving? It's a well, no, it's not the whole book. It's just it's a book proposal. Oh, okay, okay, but okay. But I okay. have a deadline for a part of it. Okay. So we'll Shit, see. Dude. Little, Shit, dude. little teaser. You heard it here first, folks. Yo, I'm excited for that, man. Congrats. Yes, yo, more Don't communist writers. Don't me yet. I haven't done much. But... Nah, dude, you will though. You will though. You 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 got the fire under your ass, man. You'll 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 get it done. Thank thank you. If, I believe if, in you, Jamie. If for no other reason, oh, thank you. If for no other reason <laughs> than like, I think I need to make more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm hoping the book. I mean, I know I do. Yeah. So I'm hoping the book will help me out with that. Not necessarily money I make from the book, but um, maybe I could like teach or something. Yeah. On dude. top of on top of podcasting and writing and stuff, that might be like enough money for me to like think about having a baby at some point yeah and uh and uh keeping uh the human race alive and uh little baby comrades uh keep the human race going man you know keep all of us going these are things i think about (laughs) well i think we're about uh where are we oh yeah we over an hour i hope i hope we've given you all a lot to uh to, to chew on i hope you watch this movie um oh i mean speaking of money haha sign up as a patron for the antifada um we will send you a postcard in the mail to say thank you once we hit our goal so um yeah you should definitely do that also check out my other podcast everybody loves communism which I started with Aaron, mm-hmm. and then he had to go, but he might be back someday. I might be back someday, someday soon too. And it's um, it's history and theory, yeah, which yeah. is uh pr- pretty cool if I do say so myself. Yes, history and yes. theory for the people. We're trying to make it accessible and mm. give you a good resource, you know, from a communist perspective, of course, um, about the the history and the theory that's shaped our world so check that out fans.fm slash everybody loves communism and i do that with my friend jorge now (laughs) you do the little lilt at the end communism i just i just did that just now i don't know where that came from oh you should do that all the time now (laughs) maybe i will (laughs) welcome back to everybody loves communism i don't know (laughs) like i wanted it to be like a cute like Everybody Sitcom loves Raymond Bob. thing, yeah. you know, like, I mean, we talked about this, like, yeah. maybe since everybody loves Raymond, we swap out communism, and it'll fool swap people. out Raymond for communism, and people will be like, oh, yeah, I, I love that, too. I love that, too, yeah. Yeah, that's, that sounds like something to like. <laughs> that's my that's my sneaky way to, like, Trojan horse it into everybody's consciousness. Hell, yeah. Um, do you have anything you would like to plug before we yeah. go, Aaron? Yeah, uh, just two things. Uh, well, I mean, I guess you can follow me on Twitter or whatever, but uh, also uh, the Trillbillies. I'm also a, uh, a host on the Trillbillies podcast. That's Trillbilly Workers Party. Uh, you could uh, 
Check us out on SoundCloud or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like the show, uh, please become a patron so I don't have to go back to selling drugs. That'd be nice. I'm kidding, but that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, secondly, uh, just check out uh, my Substack. Uh, it's called Space and Light. You could just find a link in my bio. And I've only written one thing, which was a, a essay about a, a car accident that I got into uh, almost a year ago now. And uh, sort of uh, the whole Medicare for all debacle that was going on online and the nature of social media as a spectacle and you know forcing it's uh yeah forcing the vote exactly um it's an essay but, on why we need to force the vote is what you say again it's an essay on why we need to force the vote yes 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 pretty much exactly um and people have disagreements about all that shit man but um yeah i mean check that shit out and then i talked about uh the article that i'm working on about nostalgia so yeah just check out my Substack, man i'm going in the Substack. Yeah, that one's going in the Substack. Um, I'm probably spending a lot of money and time on reading books that I'm only going to end up writing like a couple thousand words, you know, from. But like, it's helping me stay. Uh, helps helps my brain stay smooth and uh and wrinkled and no, not smooth actually. Yes, yeah, smooth uh, is the bad lubricated. One, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. We want a nice wrinkly brain. With we want a nice wrinkly brain. Thoughts. Yes, yes. Lots of, um, just lots of stuff in it. Just lots of around. stuff in it. Just, you know, good stuff. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And Jamie, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, man. It was nice to, uh, nice to pod with you again, man. Aw, thanks for coming. Um, Till next time. And check out, this, check out this movie, too, please. Yeah, the movie fucking rules. Those who 